Well, praise the Lord. We got to play that one again. That's too quiet. Can you play that song again? Everybody stand up. Come on. Here we go. That's better. Turn to three people and give three high fives before you sit down today as we're starting the timer upstairs. Three high fives. Starting the timer. Here we go. Amen. Recently, somebody said to me, Brian, Brian, do you know how hard and how exhausting it is to try to be happy? And then he said, I've walked down many roads searching for happiness, but nothing is ever as good as it promises to be. How many know there's a lot of promises, but nothing's as good? We're beginning a new series that I am pumped about. In fact, I can't wait till next week. You you don't want to miss any of it, but it's called Habits for Happiness. Habits for Happiness. And we're going to base this whole series out of the book of Philippians. Philippians is a book that uh, some theologians say it's the happiest book in the Bible. In fact, 17 times in just four chapters, you see the word joy, glad, rejoice, happy, happy. So it's like the happiest book in the Bible, so many people think. So if it's the happiest book, how many think that we should be familiar with that happy book if we're looking for happiness? So, uh, we, but here's what's weird about that. This happy book was written by a man named Paul. How many know Paul? Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But get this, he, was, he wrote it when he was in prison, chained to a guard, and he had just been beaten up and whipped for being a Christian. So that tells me that happiness isn't based on your happenings or your happenstances, but it's based in your concrete faith in Jesus. But uh, he was in Philippi, and he started this church in Greece, and, and what he was doing when he was writing back to him, he was just saying, hey, thank you for being there. Thank you for your financial blessings. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. So he was writing this letter, this happy letter to the Philippians. So if we're trying to find happiness... If we're trying to discover how to be happy, and and if you're out there and you're like, man, it's exhausting trying to be happy, what does it take to be happy? Is it a job? Is it toys that you can buy, things you can get, home, friends? Uh, What would it take? Is it money? Is it more money? Is it the perfect uh, uh, sex life or something like that? What is it that would make us happy? You know what Paul started with in the happiest book in the Bible? He started with, everybody say relationships, relationships. So if Paul started with relationships, I think we need to start there as well. You know, it's impossible to be happy if you're in a relationship that's unhappy. How many of you agree with that? Let's say you're at work and there's a horse's hiney at work, if you know what I mean. Anybody ever work with a horse's hiney? That makes the whole day pretty unhappy. Or maybe somebody's going through a divorce. Or maybe there's strife in a relationship. Or maybe some stuff is just going on that you can't control. But how many know that robs us? So we could, would I, would I be okay to say that it's impossible to be happy if our relationships are unhappy? So, so we see that. But Paul modeled four relational habits. And we're going to talk about four of them. To me, they're quick and easy to explain. 
but they're very hard to live it out. How many know it's easy to know it, but it's another thing to live it out? So the first thing that Paul said, to be happy, here we go, to be happy, number one, Paul wrote and he said, I must be grateful for the people in my life. You know, study after study shows that, that, that psychologists and socialists, so, sociologists and others say to be happy, we have to have an attitude of gratitude. It says the more grateful you are, the more happy you are. You all believe that? The more grateful you are, the more happy you are. The more ungrateful you are, the less happy that you are. They, they show that. So Paul starts this letter out and he says this, every time that I think of you, I give my thanks to God. In other words, he said, I remember the good things. I focus on the good things that we had. And you know, brothers and sisters, how many know that when the marriage starts to crumble or relationship starts to, to decline, how many know it's because we forget what attracted us to them to begin with? We forget what it was that we liked about them to begin with. And we get in this business that we're always trying to change people and it's never enough. Or they can never measure up to the expectation that you have. But Paul said, I'm not getting down that. To be happy, I'm going to focus on what I liked about them to begin with. And two, when he said, when you think about people in your life, what's your first thought? Is your first thought when you're thinking about people, is it, man, I'm really grateful for them. I just, I mean, how many wake up, especially with the relationships that are closest to you? We wake up, is that first thought gratitude? I would say probably not. Usually it's, hun, I need you to do this for me. You're wearing that outfit again? I don't like that. I think it's too revealing. Uh, something that I'd like you to change, honey. Boy, that's not right what the kids are doing. Man, I've got a problem with what's happening at work. i got a problem with that person at work. To me, the first thing about the relationships that we're in, it seems like the first thing we do, and it's problematic, is we always think about the negative. We always think about what we don't like. Paul said that a habit that we need to have if we're going to be happy is we have to be grateful to people in our life. Amen? Third thing. This problem, he says, uh, when you get with people and you know someone for a long time, it gets to where we take them for granted. We get to where we just expect things. It gets to where we take, uh, we get familiar and we take privileges maybe that we, that we shouldn't. And sometimes, I don't know why, but when we start taking people for granted, I don't know why, but it's easier to think about and to dwell on and think about the bad over the happy. Do you know if you sit and dwell and think upon what you don't like or what you wish was different, thinking that that's going to make you happy and it's really not, do you know that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger? Because what you magnify, what you dwell on gets bigger. But we need to change that, and we need to change that to this. What we focus on gets clearer and clearer. So I want us to start letting the bad get magnified, and I want us to start focusing and remembering the good and remembering the pleasant and remembering the happy and let that bring a different perspective to us you know the bible says paul says that if we would develop this happiness this gratitude with people in our lives our friends our kids our, our husbands wives it would change relationships i like this scripture the bible says that love bears and puts up with all things carmen do you have to put up with a few things Come on, ladies. Do we have to put up 
with a few things sometimes. You, you know, there's my moods. I'm talking about taking people for granted. The people we love the most and we take them for granted, they put up with our moods. They put up with our insecurities. They put up with our inconsistencies. They put up with us putting everybody and everything in front of them, and they keep getting pushed, pushed, pushed back, back, and back. And we get to where we just think that they are, I mean, they put up with our grumpiness and our selfishness, and we get to where we just take these people for granted. I'll tell you what, in my 20s and 30s, I was tough on my wife. I mean, I would go, to, I would go out to eat, and I would swear, I would swear that she was looking at other guys. And I would, I, I would be like, Carmen, what are you looking at? Well, I'm not looking at anything. And I was like, no, I, I, I saw you looking at, at, at that because of insecurities. I, I would get up and I'd be like, are, are you wearing that when we're going out? Are, 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 you, are, you, are you really going to do that? Don't you know how men are? And, but, and, and man, I was tough on her. I was tough on her. I, I, was, I was always, and I'm talking in those younger years, where you, the people that you love the most, you just start trying to change them. You just start trying to remember why you married them. In fact, the things that might get on your nerves now is why you married them to begin with. Think about that. So Paul said, I have to do that. I have to do that. I have to, I have to give thanks to God for everything. You know, Carmen and I, we've learned that even when we have pains, it doesn't mean that we have to be one. Are y'all with me? Even when we have pains and difficulties, it doesn't mean we have to be one. Paul then goes on and says, I thank God for the help that you gave me. I want you to think today. Paul was saying the story behind that is he was saying, hey, Lydia, that's who started the church. Man, you have helped me. You have, you have put me up. You've helped finance the ministry. You've opened up your home. You, you've made it to where I could go on many missionary journeys. Uh, you were there supporting me. You've always, when I was in prison, you came and visited me. You sent food because they didn't have meals in prison. So you sent food. You did all that for me. He said, thank you for helping me. Remember, Paul said, I thank God when I think about you. First and foremost. And then he said, thank you for helping me. And I want to challenge you today. Who in your life have you forgotten? Who in your life has invested so much in you and for you and on you? And we just take it for granted. I want to challenge you today that a habit for happiness is being thankful for people that help you. You know, I don't know why, but we go through this season in life where I think we try to blame our parents and it seems to happen in the 20s and stuff to where you're getting out on your own and you're like, man, you start thinking, man, my parent did this to me. My parents raised me like this. My parent, and, 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 and then some colleges you'll go to, they'll get you to a psychologist or something and they start probing and they start pulling stuff out. Do you know that sometimes people think and say things that didn't even happen? I remember I went like 30, I went to like, I was 30 some years old thinking that my mom was too rough on me and that she was too demanding. And I'd made up my mind that I didn't like her anymore and I wasn't going to talk to her anymore. And that was easy to do because we always lived in Wyoming or, or Louisiana or places like that. And I just made up my mind, my mom, I don't like her and I, I want to blame her for all this stuff in my, in, in my life. And one day I was driving on this church plant we were meeting in Elgin, and we'd get up at 5.30 in the morning. I was driving to town to set stuff up. We set up for seven years because this is a church plant. I felt the Holy Spirit say, Brian, 
knock it off. And I said, knock it off? Knock what off? Stop treating your mom like a piece of, you know what? You be nice to her. She was a good mom. She helped you. I, I remember when, when she didn't even take her birthday present be, because things were going tough on the farm and she went and bought you spoiled little brat some track shoes that you had to have. Remember all those things, how she helped you and she sewed into you. He, he said, knock it off. And he said, call her. I called my mom at 6 o'clock, about 5.45, 6 o'clock. It shocked her. Guess what I did for about four years every Sunday morning? Called my mom, and we became best friends. Guys, let's have an attitude of gratitude. Teenagers, let's have an attitude of gratitude. Let's have an attitude for people. Paul said, thank you for helping me. Thank you for helping me. You know, he chose not to dwell on painful memories. He said, when I think of you, I thank God for you. You know, I think we need to to maybe have, you know, some of us men have selective hearing. Maybe we need to have some selective memory. Because this wasn't a I'm walking on sunshine moment for him. This was a tough time. I want you to write this down. Many can't enjoy the now because they live in the then. Many can't enjoy the now because they live in the then. Are you still living in the painful memories? Paul said, hey, I could think about getting beaten. I could think about hungering. I could think about uh, being whipped. I could think about being put in prison. I could think about being bit by a snake. I can think about uh, having shipwrecked two or three times. But I decided not to do that. Can I give you the happiness hint number one today? Remember the best and forget the rest. Remember the best and forget the rest. So that's the first uh, happiness hint. Number two on a happy habit is pray for people in your life. Pray for people in your life. How how would you like it if if the Apostle Paul was praying for you? I mean, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He's like, man, you got to pray for people in your life. Some of you would be like, I would pray for people in my life, but I really don't know how to do it. So we're going to see in the Scripture here where Paul gave them four ways to pray for, for people. So I want you to do something for me right now. Paul said, I always pray for you. I make my request with a heart of joy. So we do it with a heart of joy. But I want you to think of someone who irritates you. Don't look at your wife. That's a little bit awkward. Don't look at anybody. But I want you to think about somebody that irritates you, okay? Or a strained relationship. And I want to ask you, do you pray for them? Or do you grumble, complain, nag, and nitpick them? If we'd pray more, there'd be less grumbling and complaining. And then the second thing I want to ask you is when you pray for them, do you pray for them with a heart full of joy? So you're not even praying for them, but you're praying with a heart full of joy. So here's the happiness hint number two. Here's the number two. The quickest way to change a bad relationship to a good one is start praying for them. Start praying for them. You say, well, what do I pray? Man, I'm, I don't even know how to pray for myself. How am I going to pray for others? I would simply say, pray what Paul prayed. The first thing he said in verse 9, he said that when you pray for you, these people, whether it's kids, spouse, someone at work, co-worker, neighbor, pray first of all that they will grow in love. The Bible says that your love will grow more and more. So pray that their love will grow more and more for each other, for the Lord. Number two, 
pray that they'll make wise choices. The Bible says that you will fully know and understand how to make the right choices. Here's the third way you can pray for people. Pray that they will live with integrity. The Bible says on that one that you may live pure and blameless lives in verse 10 until Christ returns. And then the last way that you can pray for people is pray that they will become more like Jesus. And and that scripture is, is verse 11. It says that you will be filled with the fruit of righteousness. That comes through who? Say it out loud. That comes through who? Jesus Christ. Amen. And then Galatians 5, you know, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit in people's life. With love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. So in your relationships, you can pray, God, let there be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness in our relationships. With my kids, my spouse, my friends, whoever it is. So quick review. We have the first habit of happiness is be grateful for people in your life. And the second one is pray with joy for people in your life. Here's the third one. Here's the third one. Expect the best from people in your life. Again, simple to teach, hard to turn into a habit. Because we don't normally, come on, we don't normally expect the best from people around us. We expect the, the worst. Some because of track record. Aren't you glad God doesn't keep track record on us though? Some because of track record. But I want us to make a habit of believing in people rather than criticizing people. Come on, let's get to where Paul said, hey, you want to be happy? Paul said, expect the best of them. He said, I'm confident of this, that God, who began a good work in you, will continue it until completion, until Jesus comes back. You know, one thing that Paul was a pro about, I mean, he was a pro about this, is he knew He knew how to bring the best out of people. He knew how to bring the best out of people. He knew how to make people know, listen to this, that he believed in them. I want us to create a habit. It'll it'll bring happiness to you, to where people and relationships that we have, that they know that you believe in them. I'm telling you, when we planted this church and you see people coming when it is nothing, when there isn't any music and there isn't this, and the, I mean, you're starting with nothing, it's, it's a humbling thing to know that, hey, I believe in what you're doing. How about when a kid comes up to you and says, oh, well, actually, a kid came up to me this morning and said, hey, I'm writing music every day. Is a parent like, oh, you need to be a lawyer? Or is he like, hey, that's great. I believe in you and you can do anything you, you want to do. I remember my family was very good, it, 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 especially my granny and granddad. They were so good at, at knowing that they believed in me, whether I was doing well or not doing well. In fact, there were many times I'd go to granny's house and I'd been drinking pretty heavy. But she still accepted me and she still loved me. My granddad went to every football game and every track. Every track. He couldn't even see. He couldn't even... He, he couldn't see 10 feet in front of him. He could barely walk. He slobbered. His nose always ran. And, and, uh, and, and if he would hear Garfield made a tackle or something, it, he'd look up and maybe give a clap or something. But they were there at every ball game. I remember at state track. At state track, we were running. And I was turned around to get the baton on the, on the 3,200-mile relay. And I grabbed the baton. And when I turned, there were three people in my lane and I fell down hard, 
fell down. And then one guy was kind of laying on me, trying to hold me down. And I remember throwing him off, and my legs were bleeding. And I looked up, and my dad and mom was standing up. And my granddad stood up. When my granddad stood up, it was like, I believe in you, son. Now get up off that track. Everybody was about a quarter boy around. You had two laps. Get out there and run. Brothers and sisters, knowing somebody believed in you, it pulled something out within that I didn't know I had. When I handed the baton off on the second lap, I had a 30-yard lead on everybody that was running. And it was because I looked up and I saw people that believe in you. Do you give that sense, man, I believe in you? So Paul gave the, I believe in you. But the other thing he said is Paul gave people vision. He gave them vision. He was somebody that was like a painter. He could paint on a canvas and give a vision for people in their life. He was like a master craftsman where he could say what the future was like. We tend to, we tend to tell people like it is instead of what it can be. Did anybody get that? We tend to tell people like it is. This is the way it is. When really God wants us to start telling people this is how it can be. This is how it can be. This is what you can, can do. Paul was a master at draw, drawing what can be. He was a master at saying all things are possible to him that believes. He was a master at, at taking an old house and making it look new or an old truck and making it look new. He was a master at taking somebody was undone and telling them what they could, could do. I, 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 studies, show, studies show that we tend to live up to what's expected. Paul was like, man, I, I believe in you. I have vision. This is what your life could do. But we tend to live up to what's expected. If people expect the best of you, you tend to do better. I know you more than that. You can do better than that, Brian. We've got a lot of teachers in this congregation. How many of you teachers, it is proven that teachers that expect the best of their students get more performance out of their students? I really believe that. Paul expected the business. Even with, we tend to become what people respect. We tend to become what people we respect expect of us. We tend to become what people that we respect expect of us. I really believe that. Even in business, you can't expect quality without clear expectations even in business people want quality product quality service well you can't expect quality without clear expectations but Paul gave clear expectations of vision and three Paul was patient this is a big one Paul was patient you want to be happy be patient with people's progress he said I'm confident that God who began this he's going to keep on going he's going to carry you you know, I think we insist on perfection in people. And if you do that, you're always going to be unhappy. If you want people to be perfect, you're going to be unhappy. People are going to let you down all the time. God doesn't, want, God doesn't wait for me to mature before he starts loving me. Why do we have to wait till people's exactly like we want them to be so we'll start loving them? I just don't think it's fair. The Bible says this. That for by one offering, meaning Jesus' offering, listen to this, he perfected forever 
People that are being sanctified. In other words, people that are still working it out. People that are still growing. Jesus said, I accept you where you're at, and I love you just like you are. And while you're falling down and having some bumps and bruises, he said, I still love you, and I've already perfected forever you that are being sanctified. So while we're waiting on some hang-ups and some hiccups and stuff like that, let's give them, let's give people what Jesus gave us. You know, the Bible says that the righteous fall seven times, but the Lord lifts them up every time. Shouldn't we do that with each other? Let's quit. If you're going to be happy, you can't expect perfection in everybody. Really, that could be a sign of pride in you. That could be a sign of pride in you. Maybe you have a higher outlook on yourself. Amen. But, 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 but we, we need to be fair in this thing. Here's the next happy hint. Here's the happy hint number three. Let's try to celebrate how far people have come. Are you with me? Let's try to celebrate how far people have come rather than judging how far they still have to go. Are you really, really with me on that? I love this scripture too in James 1, 2 through 4. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have her perfect work that everybody say one day you may be perfect and entire. There is such a patience from God. I'm telling you, I went for years thinking I frustrated God. I'm telling you, I, I felt like I was a letdown to him every time I turned around. Sometimes I still do that, but I'm getting over that. I, I was like, man, I must frustrate the crud out of you, God. I, you, you must be so irritated with me uh, all the time. But then I realized that, 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 he, that he wasn't. He, he was like, Brian, count it all joy. Do what, Lord? Count it joy when you fall. What? Am I reading this right? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations. Know, knowing this, the trial of your faith works patience. God is so patient with me. Holy smoke, he's patient with me. Trial of your faith worketh patience. And in Romans chapter 5, it says patience, experience, experience, hope, because you don't need to be afraid or ashamed because the Holy Spirit pours God's love in your heart all the time. In other words, he's saying, I love you when you fall. I love you when you're still trying to get it together. So I just think we got to give that to people. You know, if people aren't on your heart, they're on your nerves. If I'm not praying with them, I'm perturbed with them. Okay? Let's love people from our heart, not our head. Let's love people from an inward feeling, not from a mental expectation. I believe God loves us fully from his heart. So the fourth habit of happiness is love. Paul first said uh, is have an attitude of gratitude. Man, be thankful. And then second thing he said, pray for people. And then the third thing is what, we just, is what we just went over where he gave us four things about expecting the best of people in our life. And here's the last one. Love people. Love people in your life like Jesus does. And that comes from Philippians 1.8. God is my witness. I tell you the truth. When I say that my deep love for all of you, where does it come from? 
It comes from the heart of Christ Jesus himself. Did you know the Bible says that when you ask Jesus in your heart, that he takes the old heart of stone out and he gives you his heart of flesh, where you're able to love people in a different way than you were able, ever able to love. Paul started this church in Philippi. He was the first pastor. Carmen and I started this church. We're the only pastor this church has ever known. So there's a lot in Philippians that I can identify with. But here's what Paul said to that church. And church, I want to practice even to you guys what I'm learning in Philippians. Paul said this. He said, I want you to know this. Church on the Rock, everybody that's here today, I'm echoing what Paul says and I want you all to know this. I am so grateful for you guys. I pray for you daily with joy. I believe in all of you and I have confidence in all of you. Hey, I, I'm, I'm, real, I'm real anal about not saying things unless I mean it. I've thought about this all week. To look at this congregation and say, I want you to know I'm grateful for you. I pray with you. I pray for you with joy. I believe in you. I have confidence in all of you. I'm here for you. And that is an honor to serve as a pastor at this church. 1 John 3.16 says this. Now we know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How many know John 3.16? But 1 John 3.16 is as good, I think. This is how we know what real love is. Christ gave his life for us, so we ought to give our lives for others. So here's your last happiness hint for today. You might want to write this down. If we would give our lives for others, we wouldn't have relational problems because we wouldn't be living self-absorbed or for ourselves. Rather, we would, rather, we would be thinking and living for other people. And I close today with this scripture. It's found in John 15, 13. Jesus said the greatest love that a person can, can show to another person is to lay down their life for them. As we close today, as we close today, I want to ask everybody to do a personal evaluation. And from what we taught on today, which of these habits for happiness do we need to work on? Number one, who do you need to be more grateful for? Who do you need to be more grateful for? You've got an insert. I want you to think about that. Who have you taken for granted? Who have you failed to appreciate? Brad, bring the music up, please. Number two, are you praying with joy for people in your life? Or are you just complaining? And you're calling it prayer. I want to encourage you today to write, make a prayer list and write people's names down. 
And that you'll pray what we learned today, that they'll grow in love, that they'll make right choices, that they'll live with integrity. And they'll, and they'll become more like Jesus. And number three is, are you patient with the process and the progress in people's life? Or are we just somebody that's like demanding perfection? And then the last one, who here today needs to start loving from a heart rather than from the head? Every head bowed and eyes closed. Every head bowed and eyes closed. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, we come to you today. I want you to pray these things. Say, Lord, I ask you today, Lord, to give me the power to be grateful for people in my life. And Lord, if there's people today that I have taken for granted, I pray you'd speak to my heart and let me know. Lord, help me to remember the good times. Help me to remember the best, Lord. And help me forget the rest. I want us all to think about bad relationships or strife that you might have in relationships. How are you going to be happy if you have that? Let's pray about that. Lord, right now I pray for the bad relationships in my life. And I pray and I start praying for those bad relationships. I start praying for them with joy. Lord, these bad relationships, I pray that we will grow in love. And Lord, that integrity will come forth. And Lord, I want, I want you to help me, God, to start developing a habit of expecting the best instead of criticizing the worst in people. Father, in the name of Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to believe in people. Lord, help me to be confident in people. And when I'm confident, it builds confidence in them. Thank you, Lord. I want you to think about relationships. And I want you to pray this. Lord, help me. Help me today to be patient with people's progress. Help me to see how far people have come. Rather than judging people for how far I think they need to go. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray you would bless every marriage. Lord, I pray that you take strife and, and, and confusion and distraction out of every marriage today. And Lord, that there would be a base and a firm foundation discovered and applied today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All over this church, we just say amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, the Bible says that Jesus, all we have to do is confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead and will be saved. If you're here today, every head bowed and eyes closed, I want you to say, dear Jesus, if you're here without Christ today or you want to come to him today, I want you to say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. And Lord, I want to make a commitment with my heart to you today. And Jesus, I want to put you first and foremost in my life. Lord, come into my heart today. I believe that you died and rose on the third day. And because of that, I am saved in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet today. Let's stand to our feet today. Before you leave, I want to challenge you to make a commitment to this nine-week series on Habits for Happiness. Next week's going to be powerful. I'm going to give five habits that I believe will help us with our, ha- with our happiness. Today, the prayer team is going to be forward. There's like four couples of the prayer team. If you need prayer for finances or encouragement or you gave your heart to the Lord, anything that you need prayer for today, our prayer team is here to pray with you. God bless you. You're dismissed till next week. Praise the Lord. Amen.